abiding, abiding, worship in the temple. Now, I want to show you something right here. Pay attention. Pay real close attention because this is something that I had never considered before. Here it is. First of all, know that the Feast of Pentecost was a recurring national event in Israel. Just like, for example, we celebrate in this nation, we celebrate the birth of Christ. What's it called in secular terminology? Christmas. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ. What's it called in secular terminology? Easter. Okay, so watch this now. Pentecost is also to be celebrated. Pentecost came after the Feast of Passover. Penny means 50, 50 days after Passover. And I don't know if it's exact numbering there. Again, I'm not going to get into that debate. Here's what this commentator has to say. He says, first of all, we need to dispel the myth that this group of disciples was a frightened, dispirited group hiding behind locked doors. How many of you have heard that? I've even preached that. But as I study this closely, they were going to the temple every day. They were right out there in public. They weren't afraid. They were right out there in the public. And so while they were out there, they were worshiping. They weren't dispirited. They, they weren't afraid. They were going and doing what they were supposed to be doing. And they continued in prayer and supplication at the temple. Now here is the part I want you to get. How many of you have heard that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened in the upper room? How many have heard that? I've heard that. I've always believed that. I've preached that. Listen to what he says right here. Pay attention. Pay attention, son. Listen to this. It seems probable that the events of Acts chapter 2 took place in the temple area, the house where they were sitting. Compare Luke 24, 53, where we learn that they were continually in the temple blessing God. It was there that we've been told that they met continually for praise and worship. And in Luke's writings, the temple is referred to as the house. Luke 11:51 in the Greek. Acts 7, 47 through 50. When he refers to private houses, he usually tells us whose house it is. Now, earlier I noted the attendance yesterday in this place was about 150, and I felt that was max. Look at the size of this room. Can you imagine a living room this size? How could they assemble that many people in a living room? Be kind of hard. Wouldn't it be a pretty big house, wouldn't it? It has to be a meeting hall of some kind. This author believes, based on his study of the Greek and also of the events that these disciples are going every day to the temple and it was at the temple that the Holy Ghost was poured out. Woo! Hallelujah. This ignited something in me as I began to think about it. Because remember that in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost how many people were saved? Come on. How many people were saved? 3,000. 3, you ain't going to sleep in here boy. 3,000. 3,000 people were saved on the day of Pentecost. Where did those 3,000 people come from? How did they get 3,000 people saved? That minute he stood up and preached. Were those 3,000 people out in the street? That's what I always thought. I figured there's just 3,000 people mealing around the streets out there. First of all, that's impossible. I've never been to Jerusalem, but I've seen pictures and I've seen videos and the streets are narrow. You couldn't get 3,000 people that close to one house if you had to. I believe there could be merit to this argument that it happened in the temple. Can you imagine? <laughs> Woo! The Holy Ghost was poured out in the temple. There is all kinds of significance to that church. The temple of that day was ornate. It was gorgeous. It was humongous. 
it was like one of the, it wasn't, but it could have been one of the seven wonders of the world, Herod's temple. It was awesome. It had sections like there was the Gentile section, courts they called them. The inner court, the outer court. The outer court was divided up, section for Jews and a section for women and a section for Gentiles. And they were huge areas. This author here that I'm talking about believes that they were there on the day of Pentecost. And that 120 people, the Holy Ghost come down. Not the scary Holy Ghost, mind you, but the powerful Holy Ghost come down upon them. They were energized, man. See, God had prophesied in the Old Testament. He said, I'm going to write my laws on your heart. That was a prophecy of the new birth. That was a prophecy of the coming of the Holy Spirit. He didn't mean a mechanical, just legalistic. No, he was talking about the Holy Ghost is going to live in you. Jesus said, he's been with you, but he shall be in you. And so the Holy Spirit came into them. Put in them the knowledge of God. I'm so glad we don't serve God from just a legalistic set of rules. I'm so glad I can get excited. I'm so glad I can get Holy Ghost goosebumps on you. I'm so glad He can knock me flat and lay me out. I'm so glad I can dance and shout and run and jump. And I'm so glad I can have the peace and the joy. And I'm so glad that He's with me all the time. That's what He was talking about in the prophecies. He's with you, in you, so Abiding, They were abiding in the commands of Jesus. They were abiding in the fellowship with one another. They were abiding in prayer. They were abiding in worship every day. 